Welcome to the Awakening Church, one of the great churches Maui has to offer. And now, Pastor Stephan Pusle with this week's message. Hey, I just want to welcome every one of you guys who are not only joining us live on Facebook, all the way over to the U.S. and Florida, Alaska, you name it, uh, everybody's joining in uh, to Canada. And also for a lot of you who drive great distances to make it to the awakening, we love you. That's amazing. We're so glad to have you, especially for those who've flown in airplanes all across the country to make it here today. We're so thankful to have you as well. And you're a part of our family, and we're stoked that you are here today. Because guess what? We have a special treat in store for you, a little mini-series called Please Hold. How many of you have been placed on hold before on the phone and you just wanted to reach through that phone and choke someone? Come on, let's be real here. That's how we roll at the Awakening Church. We got to be real. Okay, how many of you guys have gotten in traffic and you just lost your nerves because somebody's like driving the same speed as another car in front, you know, they're, they're hogging the highway and you're just like, ah, right? Some of us have the same patience issue with God and I want to talk about two different concepts, two different ideas over the next two weeks. The first week today, we're going to be, well, I'm going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about, have you ever heard the term IQ, intelligence quotients, right? Have you heard of the term EQ, emotional intelligence quotient, right? Uh, Have you ever heard of SQ? spirituality quotient, right? These are all measurements of intelligence, emotionally, uh, intellectually, but there's also something called a patience quotient, okay? How many of you have a very high patience quotient? For some reason, God bless you. You got your halo, you're polishing it back right over there, over there, okay? God bless you guys. You can be examples to us. How many of you, let's be real, you are pretty low on the patience quotient, okay? But today, um, I'm sorry, next week we're going to talk about the people-patient quotient, okay? How it relates to us and other people and our patience for them, okay? But this week, we're going to talk about the God-patient quotient and our patience with God and His patience with us. I got to tell you that God was meticulously patient with me all along the way. I was rebelling against my parents and my parents didn't sell me to some other family, okay? They stuck with me. They dragged me to church kicking and screaming. There were youth pastors that, that sewed into me, prayed for me, uh, and mentored me along the way. There were circumstances that shaped who I am, uh, wounds even, that God used, and he was patient all along the way to bring me where I am now. I think of the people that God used along the way, uh, people who, like Patrick Deccan, who's in-house, uh, he's a, a pastor, uh, he was a pastor at the Crossing Church, is now a pastor at Central, Central in Las Vegas, right? And um, he was the first pastor, Patrick, why don't come on up here, come on up here, buddy. Let's get Patrick Deccan a round of applause, come on up. Patrick was the first unfortunate soul to be assigned to mentor me and coach me when I got on staff at the Crossing Church. And uh, I was very fortunate because he was patient with me. And that's something God gave him. But God brought him along the path. Like, do you have any things you'd like to share about our experiences? <laughs> when I was a uh, rookie youth pastor and you were the, wait, we got a, we got a mic. We got a pastor here so you can, there we go. Here we go. There we go. 
Well, if you got, if you guys have had the opportunity to get to know Stephen, um, you know that he's highly medicated. So, I mean, uh, there's very that's few men. Spirit, Patrick, right, that's that's Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, there are very Coffee. few men that I know that are as excited as he is. Whatever he does, he does with passion. So, imagine uh, Stephen just a little bit younger, right? He's still young, but even you know, back when he just started. So, we'd have these kind of one-on-one conversations, and you know, he could stay engaged for at least a solid 17 seconds. <laughs> and, you know, and so, right, right? So, so you know, and, and God does extraordinary things with people that have that kind of passion. Either it's going to be phenomenal or, you know, they're going to lead a cult. So it can, it can basically go either way. But what's, what was amazing kind of early on is to watch this young guy uh, love God with passion and with zeal. Nowadays, very few people have passion. They just kind of go through the motions, and, and they exist, but they don't thrive. Uh, Stephen was certainly one of these guys that we knew he's going to thrive. You know, when he gets traction, God's going to use him to do extraordinary things. I think the, the funniest moment for me was, you know, I'm, I'm walking with Stephen, getting to know him, getting to know his story, and, and, but I didn't know, like, all the parts and pieces of his story, and I didn't realize of his it, kind of extensive background until I went to Target one day. Uh-oh, uh-oh. And so I'm at, I'm at Target, <laughs> And just shopping, right? Shopping, you know, for my kids and that kind of stuff. And, you know, getting some stuff. And then I look up, and there's this full, like, size, you know, you know, one of those kind of big pictures, you know, they're hanging and they're people wearing their outfits, right, to kind of, you know, symbolize the shirt or whatever. And so there's, there's this picture, this poster board of a, of, of a life-size Stephen Fussell there in a bathing suit, right? <laughs> no, no. You know, uh, basically, because he, I don't know if he has this, but he used to be a model. And so he was just there. I'm just grateful he wasn't wearing a Speedo. So that was, you know. Only so, on Tuesdays. So it's, yeah. uh, you know, it, it really is an honor to be here. And I was telling him when I was driving, I'm thinking, this is just good. It, yeah. it brings me such great joy to yeah. see someone who's walking out their faith and uh, he's just a good man. So, yeah. thanks, brother. How, 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 how have you seen uh, God uh, show patience with you in your life along? You've been in ministry for 18 years now. I mean, that took, that took not only patience on your end with God, but his patience with you. How have you seen that your patience for him grow and, his, and see how his patience impacted you along the, on the journey of ministry for 18 yeah. years? So I, I think the biggest thing for me is in, I, I've discovered that in patience, patience always entails suffering. Mm. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a passage in Scripture that talks about, even 1 Corinthians 13, talks about uh, really patience as this idea of long-suffering. And the truth about patience is most of the time we want to do something, we want to get somewhere, we want to experience yeah. something, and we have our idea of what that looks like and what, right. what the outcome is going to be and what the timing is going to be. And what I've learned is most of the lessons that we experience is through the point that we're waiting on God, not necessarily the destination or the accomplishment. Most of our personal growth, most of my growth has come through waiting and recognizing mm-hmm. that my time isn't God's time. That's right. That's and right. so to understand that in and through that suffering is where God shapes my character the most. That's right. I mean, the truth is, if God answered prayers like this, I would have no character, right? Most of my character has been shaped in the understanding and the belief that God says not now. And then trusting that if he knows, if he says not now, that he knows something that I don't. And at some point, we begin to believe maybe, just maybe, God knows better than we do. So if he says not now, and he's taking us through this journey of long suffering, 
that he's got something for us because he wants to do something in us. And so that's something that I've discovered. That's right. Hey, in Hawaiian culture, this is a way to show honor to somebody who is a a royal. Uh, And you are a royal in my book, man. I love you. (laughs) I got a lot of love for you. Let's give Patrick a round of applause. Here you go. Also, um, I don't know know, the the journey to to planting this church, right? I I got it one more. Uh, The journey to planting this church is, like I said, God's meticulous patience along the way. And when we were going to plant this church, there's some people would look at us like we were crazy. Oh, sure, you're going to plant a church in Hawaii? Yeah, that'll never happen. That'll never happen, right? You won't succeed. But there were people who believed in us, like Patrick. And like Patrick's brother, Call Deccan, as well, who's up here uh, playing on the electric guitar. Call, coming up here. I got to give you a little honor, you man. Um, Carl... Carl was one of the first people to give to our church plant. He, he uh, donated these two or four massive pioneer speakers that were just fantastic at blasting worship, and we, we couldn't have done that without you, man. We love you, Carl. We just want to honor you as well. God bless you, man. Thank you. Can I say yeah. something real quick? Yeah. yeah. I just want to thank you as well because remember when Target lost that pinup poster? That was me that stole it. <laughs> you were using it for Target practice with your darts, right? With the paintball gun. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, well, I want to dive into this a little bit more um, because here's the, here's the reality. Even though God was meticulously patient with me, we as his church and individually when it comes to a relationship with God, we don't necessarily understand the full scope of God's plan for our life. And so we, became, we become very impatient. We, be, we become frustrated and angry with God. And, and we show a general lack of understanding when it comes to how God's dealing with us. Like, for example, maybe you had a relationship along the way. And you thought this was, this was it. And, and, and there was a massive bump in the road. And it broke you. It, it messed with you. But God used that because your roots needed to go down deep and to a deep place that when he finally brought the right one, that you'd be prepared for that person so that you could love them and honor them. Or maybe that, just like Patrick said, maybe you were asking for a blessing. You were asking for some kind of financial prayer to be answered or health thing, but maybe God wasn't going to answer that prayer just yet. Because he knew maybe it might just ruin you. And so he allowed you to be in that, that suffering, in that space, in the lack of resources. Because he wanted to give something special to you. But you didn't understand it. You didn't know what was going on. So you're like, well, God, what, what are you doing? Why are you not answering prayer? Maybe he brought you through the dark night of the soul. I don't know if you've ever been in a season in your life where you feel like you were broken. And where, where life just pounded you. And you're wondering, where is God? But God has been and always will be meticulously patient along the way. However, we often reply God's patience. Again, with that anger, that frustration, the lack of understanding. So we all really need God's help when it comes to patience with God thing. Because here's the reality. This patience with God thing is so important. Us being patient with him, him being patient with us, because if we can get that down, then we can be patient with others. If we don't got the God part down, there's no way we can be patient with others. We'll talk about that next week, but we're going to need God's help 
If you can all join with me and pray with me, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to do his thing. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the beautiful people who are here gathered. And Lord, we just um, pray that this message would uh, break through hearts, through any kind of hardness or walls we've put up. Lord, would you, would you find a way around them or over them or through them, through the power of your Holy Spirit? We acknowledge that without you, Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. We thank you and we praise you, and we give you this day in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen, amen. How many of you guys like math? Your math was, how many of you hate math? Okay, I got a simple formula. You know, you remember in high school, right? It's uh, the simple idea of the if-then formula, right? If A equals B and B equals C, then A can also equal C. Do you remember that one? And some of you are like, okay, let me give an example. Okay, we're going to talk about how God doesn't just show us patience. He is patience. God is by definition patience. What does the Bible say about who God is? 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. What does it say here? God is what? Nope, that's not it. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. Do we have it? 1 John chapter 4. I'll tell you what it is. Okay. See if you can find it. If you're not in worries. Um, it says God is love. Quite simply, God is love. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. So God is by definition love. And then you have 1 Corinthians, what Patrick mentioned. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says love is what? Do we have this one? No. It says love is patient. I heard it. I heard somebody say it. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. So, if God is love and love is patient, then God is what? God is patient. That's who he is. He can't help but be patient with us because that is in his character, who he is. Now, the God-patient quotient, how do we develop that? How and why, why do we need to develop a God-patient quotient? Because this is the reason, the number one reason why. Because God's plan sometimes doesn't make sense to us. And so that requires for us to have patience with the process. Now, we're going to take a look at the story of Jonah, okay? And it wasn't a whale, it's technically a fish. Now, I want you to set aside all the preconceived stories you heard about Jonah and the fish, and, you know, maybe the Sunday school class where they had the flannel board, and there's Jonah, and then there's the whale gobbling him up, and just put, put all that aside. We're going to look at Jonah through a completely different lens this morning. We're going to look at Jonah through the lens of patience, through the lens of the God-patience quotient. Now, we're going to pick up the story here in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, and I do believe we do have this verse. Let's give, uh, let's give the tech people a round of applause. Um, this is what it says. It says, one day, long ago, God's word came to Jonah, a meaty son, up on your feet and on your way to the big city of Nineveh. And then what did he say? Preach to them. Preach to them. They're in a bad way, and I can't ignore it any longer. But what? But Jonah got up and went the other way, the other direction to Tarshish, running away from God. So, Jonah disobeyed God because he did not understand God was not making sense of his plans. In fact, Jonah 
vehemently disagreed with this whole plan that God had to go to Nineveh to redeem a people that Jonah despised. He thought they were sinners. He thought they deserved death. And so when God says, go to Nineveh and preach to them, he's like, no, 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 whoa, 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 time out. This doesn't fit my understanding of what ought to be happening. So Jonah disobeyed God. How many of you at some point in your life have disobeyed God because he didn't make sense? It could have been in the area of relationship where God was like, I don't want you with that person. And you got angry, frustrated, and you disobeyed God because it doesn't make sense. But God, I want this. But God, I thought you were going to give me the desires of my heart. I thought this person would, I, would be good for me. And we disobeyed, and then it all fell apart. Or maybe God asked you to be obedient and said, step up in some area of, of sharing his love with somebody else because maybe we're afraid or felt we weren't qualified, or then we disobeyed God because it doesn't make sense. Why would you pick me? Uh, who am I? I, who, what do I? What do I know about God? What, do I, what can I share, possibly share with my friend that's going to convince them that, that Jesus is the way? And so we disobey. We go our own direction. Psalm chapter 37, it puts it beautifully here, uh, verses 9, 7 through 9 in God's Word translation. He says this. It says, surrender yourself to the Lord. And what? Wait patiently for him. Do not be preoccupied with an evildoer who succeeds in his way when he carries out his schemes. It says, let go of anger and leave rage behind. Do not be preoccupied. It only leads to evil. Evildoers will be cut off from their inheritance, but those who wait with hope for the Lord will inherit the land. I love how it says up here, right up front, it says surrender. That is what waiting on God means. It means, Lord, I surrender to the idea that you've got a plan for me, that you've got something figured out that makes sense in the big picture that I might not necessarily be able to wrap my head around. But I'm going to surrender to that plan for my life. I'm not going to get all caught up in my, my, my uh, what do you call them, rabbit trails and little lures that pull us off track. You know, there's all these people out here and, they're evil and wicked, and you're saying, don't focus on that. Focus on waiting patiently for me, because when you do that, guess what? You're going to inherit everything. Everything. But Jonah couldn't make sense of why God was giving Nineveh a chance. He got angry with them. And here's the, here's the interesting about patience. I think that rooted deep Underneath impatience is anger, right? So when, when you're struggling with having patience with someone, could it possibly be that you have an anger issue toward that person because what? God is love and God's love is not with inside of you. And so what you, because God is love and love is patient, right? There's no patience inside of you. So you're unable to be patient because there's a lack of, of God inside of you. And that's the same heart that Jonah had for Nineveh. He didn't care. He was unable to be obedient because it didn't make sense to him because impatience, anger, those kind of things got in the way and blinded him to seeing things the way God sees them. So why do we need to develop the God-patient quotient? 
Because God's plan sometimes doesn't make sense to us. The second reason why we need to develop a God-patient quotient is God's plan can feel heavy on us. How many of you felt a heavy hand from God before in your, one point or another in your life? You felt like, wow, God, this is too heavy. What are you doing? It, this is too much. You said you wouldn't give me more than I can handle, and th- but this is way more above than what I can handle, and your hand is heavy on me right now. Please t- take it off of me. It's too much. Have you ever been there before? Jonah chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. Let's read here and continue on the story. It says, Jonah, what did he do? Jonah what? Jonah paid. Oh, he paid. He paid the fare and went on board, joining those to Tarshish as far away from God as he could get. But God sent a huge storm at the sea, the waves towering. The ship was about to break into pieces. The sailors were terrified. Then God assigned a huge fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah was in the fish's belly for three days and three nights. And you can see here that not only did Jonah pay monetarily, he had God in the inner workings of the plan to put a heaviness over Jonah, right? He assigned, he set a storm, he assigned a fish to swallow Jonah. And it was heavy. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12. I love this because it used the, uh, in the NIV version, it uses a real clear picture here of this heaviness. It says here, my dear child, don't sh- shrug off God's discipline, but don't be uh, crushed by it either. Okay, we're talking about the heaviness. Don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. He said, God is uh, educating you. That's why you must never drop out He's treating you as a dear children. This is a trouble you're in. Isn't punishment? It's what? It's training. So don't drop out. The normal experience of children. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely. For it is the well-trained who find themselves mature in the relationship with God. He disciplines the child he embraces. He also corrects. God is educating you. That's why you must never drop. Is this repeat? Uh, That's why you must never drop off. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read from my notes because I'm getting confused by that one. Um, I think that was repeating. Yes. It says this. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely for his well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationships with God. Mature in the relationship with God. So when I look at that, don't be crushed by it, right? Don't shrug it off. That means, hey, do not rush out from underneath God's heavy hand. Don't rush the process. Some of you are in the process right now where God is, he's putting you in a furnace. He's putting you through the refiner's fire, and there's a reason, there's a purpose behind it, because he wants to pull out of you the impurities of your character. He wants to refine you and make you pure as gold. And it takes some time. Some of you want to shortcut that process and you want to get from out from underneath the heaviness of God's hand. But don't let it crush you. Be patient with God. He's doing something. He's gifting something to you. Be patient with him. Now, 
How many of you can identify with the idea of saying, hey, God, is there a shortcut? How many of you guys are into sort of, like you hear about a, a miracle drug for weight loss or you see the latest like exercise machine and you're kind of tempted like, oh, maybe that will work or hear about some miracle vitamin and you're like, oh, man, I'll try that out. But th- guess what? In life, there are no shortcuts. In health, there are no, it's eating healthy and it's exercise. There are no, no shortcuts in life. Don't try to shrug off the process and the refining process. Be patient with God because he's giving you a gift. Again, I remember, again, I, I told this story a few weeks ago. I was at Vanguard University studying to be a pastor before I got accept, uh, hired on at the Crossing Church as their youth pastor. Um, and I was digging ditches. I had to work my way through school. I wasn't one of those kids that the parents had paid everything and I didn't have to worry about it. I had to work my way, work my tail off through school. I was in the ditch digging. I was digging, trying to find some pipe. And I was just miserable. I was dirty and sweating. It was like a Santa Ana winds. So it's like a really dry front that comes in. The air is just dry and your nostrils crack and bleed. And it's just, it's just hot. It's hot. And I was digging and I was frustrated. I was like, why am I in the ditch? And these guys are like, having their fun, going to get a, hang out at the beach, go surfing, and I'm digging in the ditch. And this young lady came up to me, and her name was Soha. She, she's just got a powerful prophetic word, and she stops in her track. She turns to me. She says, I got a word for you from God. And I was like, oh, okay, well, like, watch out now. I, when somebody says, hey, thus saith the Lord, I got a word for you, like, that can be scary and nervous because, you know, some people don't know what they're talking about, but there are others that do, and they have a word from God. And she spoke, and she said, Hey, you are like a clam, like an oyster. And I'm like, well, thank you so much. I feel like a clam. I feel all sweaty and clammy and dirty. Uh, No, she's like, you're a clam. And God is giving you, he's given you a sharp piece of sand that's been caught inside of you and it's ripping you apart and it's painful. And you're like, why, God, are you allowing this to happen to me? But... She says, God is gifting you with a treasure because slowly what's happening is you're forming layers of pearl around this piece of sand and God's giving you a, gifting you a treasure. Be patient with the process. Be long-suffering, like what Patrick said, with the process. And God's going to take care of you. He's going to bless you. Now, why do we need to develop the God-patient quotient? Because God's plan sometimes doesn't make sense to us. Secondly, God's plan can feel heavy on us. And finally, why do we need to develop the God-patient quotient? Because God's plan brings out the best in us. Brings out the best. Hey, listen, how many of you want to see the best version of you come into existence because God's hand is on your life because you're his child. He disciplines you. He corrects you. He guides you. He brings key people in into your life at a key moment. He brings the miracle in the right time, not too early, not too late. But when God has his hand on you, it brings out the best in you because you start discovering the gifts and the passions and how he can use you, not just to, to exist and make a career and make money and have a wife and kids, but how he can actually use you to change lives to become history makers in the context of the eternal spiritual spectrum, God has a big plan. How many of you guys want to be used like by God by like that? Right? I do. I want to be used by God like that. I want to see the best version of me. I want to see God bring out the best in me. And that's what happens when he's patient with us and we're patient with him. 
that part of reality comes into existence. Let's continue reading here. Jonah chapter 1, verses 7 through 10. It says this. When my life was slipping away, what, what did he do? What did Jonah do? I remembered God, and my prayer got through to you. It made it all the way to your holy temple. But I'm worshiping you. God, I'm calling out thanksgiving, and I'll do what I promised to do. Salvation belongs to God. Then God spoke to the fish, and it vomited up Jonah onto the seashore. Now, next week, we're going to continue the story, find out what happens. But I'd like to point out a couple things that God is doing through this circumstance. Jonah finds himself in the belly of the whale. He's being crushed by the pressure. Imagine being in this fish deep down in the depths, and it stinks, it smells, and you feel like your, your life is slipping away. This is what Jonah is in in this moment. But what happens is beautiful. God starts bringing out the best in Jonah. What does he do? The first thing, go back to the beginning of this verse. Right? His life is slipping away, and what did he do? God's teaching him to remember that God is faithful in the midst of suffering. What else is he teaching him to do? He's teaching how to pray, even when he feels the furthest from God. He's teaching him prayer, gifts, strengths, weapons. What else is he teaching him to do? Next slide. He's teaching you to worship in all circumstances, like Paul and Silas in prison, singing worship hymns, and then the, the prison is shook, and then they escape. They're teaching you to worship, thinking, teaching you to thank God. You know how you know when, you're, when your patience is being developed, it's when you are in the worst of possible situations and you're able to pull yourself out. There's a battle for your mind and there's thoughts and you're, and you're learning to take captive thoughts and you're able to say, no, 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 no. what I'm going to do is I'm not going to worry or be anxious. What I'm going to do is I am going to remember God. I'm going to remember how he was faithful over and over again in my life, along the way when I was 10 years old and maybe my parents left me or when I was 21 and, and, and my wife left me or when I, was, when I was this age and I had an addiction. You, know, you think back to the times where God had been faithful. You remember him. And you know what? It starts to make you worship and start thanking God for the times that he's been faithful. And you start hearing God in such a way that you never heard in a clear way before because you're in the midst of suffering. The, the kingdom of God has never been so close and tangible and God's voice has never been so clear because you're in suffering. He's developing that strength to communicate with him. And so he's giving you gifts. He's blessing you and making you into the best version of yourself as he's being patient with you and as you're being patient with him. I love this. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5. It says this. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience. Everybody say passionate patience. Passionate patience in us. That's what we want, right? And how that patience in turn forges, I love these words, the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. I love this. I love this. That this passionate patience forges a temple, a tempered steel of virtue. How many of you guys want a tempered steel? of virtue in your life. 
okay? That's something powerful that God gives us when we would passionately persevere with patience. And guess what it gives, right? We're talking about all the gifts that God was giving Jonah in the belly of the fish. It's so much blessing that you don't have enough containers to catch it all. You know that God, the things that you're asking him for, the things that he are aligned with his will and his plan for your life, the things that he wants to give you as a good father, wants to give their son or daughter, that when they come, he wants you to be prepared in such a way that you have enough buckets to catch all the blessing that he's going to give to you. You've got to be ready. And that's what that passionate patience does. It creates this steel-hardened virtue and the capacity to catch the, the extent of God's miracle. How many of you like, like a little, little bucket or a spoon and God's like got this torrential downfall of blessing and you're sitting there, ah, ah, trying to catch it any way you can. You need to be prepared for that. Now, okay, we're getting all hyped up and excited, right? Because now we need to develop this patience with God because he's patient with us. What do we do about it? Like, okay, so how do we do this? Because that, that, sets, that sets the playing field for if we're able to have patience with others or even be patient with ourselves. How many of you get, get just impatient with yourself? Like, what? how in the heck am I still here? How am I still struggling with this, right? If you can develop a patience with God and, 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 and allow his patient hand to form your life, then you're going to be able to better do the, what we're talking about next week, the people-patient quotient, Okay? But how do we apply this? What, what do we do with today? How do we develop this God-patient quotient? I love Isaiah. I love it when a verse says it for me. I don't even have to say it. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, he says what? But those who what? Wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like easel rising toward the sun. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not grow tired. How many of you want those things and when you're tired and when you're weary that you get a strength from God that you're like, where does this come from? But you've got to wait on God. You've got to be in a mindset of surrender to his plan. Because he's got, he, he, he's got the long-term run in mind with you. And you only have one hour of the, the years and years of running in mind. You're allowing the, 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 the temporary feelings and emotions and circumstances of weight and pressure to, to lose focus of the entire long process that God has mapped out for you. And you're already giving up on yourself. You're already giving up on God, and God is not through with you yet. He has a plan for you, a long-term plan. And if you could only see, if you are faithful, if you wait, and you put one foot in front of the other, I say, I'm, I'm going to wait on you, Lord. I'm going to put another foot in front of me. And if you wait on God, you will see yourself a year ago where you are now. Or five years down the road from where you are now. Or ten years. And you will start worshiping, thanking, remembering God how far he's taken you. 
Think about where you were five years ago. Think about 10 years ago. I remember when I first started as a youth pastor, man, what a crazy kid I was. I remember one time um, uh, I uh, didn't set my cell phone alarm. And I get this phone call. Wake up. Like, Hello? It's Patrick on the line. Where are you? It's like 8.30. Service is starting. I'm here with the kids. I'll be right there. I got like, I ran. Dude, he was so patient with me. He's so patient with me. And I look back at that kid. Didn't know much at all. Maybe we had a little bit of ego and pride. Maybe a lot. Thought too big of himself. And then the humbling that needed to happen and the process and the refining. And, and I'm so thankful I have not given up because guess what? You are a part of the blessing. You are, this family here is a part of that blessing for being faithful. So many pastors, they give up. They walk away. But I've seen his faithfulness in this church. I'm excited for what he has for us. We are in a position to do great things in Kihei if we just wait patiently for God. If we be faithful and we worship him, we remember what he's done, we thank him, we pray, we, we, we seek his will, his plan. He's got you, not only at this church, but you individually. And as you do that, as you wait patiently on the Lord, other things are going to fall in line. You're going to find a whole other depth for your patience with others. Um, we're going to close this morning. Before we do, I'm going to pray. And I'm, we're going to ask God for patience with him. We're going to ask for an increase of the God patience quotient. Because for many of us, it's like maybe down to one, maybe max two or three for some of you halo polishers. Some of you are in the negative in the patience quotient with God. You're like, like, what are you doing, God? You suck, right? Uh, but we're going to pray for you because you need a prayer. And you know what? You can pray for your pastor as well because I've been learning as I'm preaching and going through all the scriptures, I'm becoming very aware of the lack of patience in my life. And therefore, by discovering I'm impatient with others, guess what? The equation means, guess who I'm impatient with as well? God. And so I need to do some work as well. I was talking on the phone. Just, by the way, a little, a little more rabbit trail. I was on the phone with Mike Heffernan. And he was asking about, what are we going to be preaching about tomorrow? And I was like, oh, patience. We're going to be talking about patience. He's like, oh, great, great. You know, and I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, have you ever been put on hold for a long time and you're mad? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden he hears, because I'm in the car, and I, he hears this loud, Beep! He's like, oh. And he's like, what was that? I was like, oh, this car, this stupid guy is in the middle of the merge. Like, no, you know the merge lane, how you have, you have a merge lane. You have a merge lane, and... There, there are people that either stop and just like they stay paralyzed in the merge lane, right? When you're supposed to accelerate into traffic. Well, this person is 75%, his butt is out of the merge lane into oncoming traffic, is frozen like a deer in the headlights, does not know what to do. And there's cars coming at him, and I lay on the horn. And Bob, I'm sorry, Mike Heffernan's like, ah, oh, Pastor Stefan, you need to work on your patience here, buddy. <laughs> right? It's good stuff, right? So, the reality is, is I'm discovering is I, like, I, I struggle with patience with others. I'm realizing that I need help with this God-patient quotient because it's going gonna, it's gonna to prepare me. It's going to fill me because God is love and love is patient that this love and this patience fill my life in such a way that when you get around people who irritate and, and bother you, that you're the most patient and loving person. How many of you know somebody that just had a gift of patience and they were so patient with you? They were so loving and you knew there was something different. They believed in you. They, they saw past the sharp edges. They, they, they invested in you. They spoke life over you. 
That's the kind of person that you want to be. So let's ask God for this God-patient quotient. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this idea that maybe we lack patience with you. When you have been so patient with us, Lord Jesus, I pray not only for, for my patience, but for everyone in here with you, Lord, that we can grow in the measurable amount of patience we have for you. So that, in turn, we're able to love and be patient with others in such a way that there's an undeniable truth, there's an undeniable scent that comes from, from permeates from our lives it's that we have patience. We've developed it with you. And Lord, for all of us, for most of us, it is a big struggle. It is not easy. It's difficult. So we, don't, we do not understand your timing. We do not get it why you didn't answer this prayer or that. We do not understand why you're allowing us to go through suffering or someone we know go through suffering. We, we, we don't get it. But Lord, we're, we're going to apply what we learned today, and we're going to wait on you. We're going to wait on you. If you're in here this morning and you feel like, wow, my, my God-patient quotient could, could grow, and I want God to grow that in my life, and I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm being courageous. Nobody looking around, eyes closed, heads bound. If you're like, oh, I'm going to be courageous, I want to ask for prayer for Pastor Stephan. Could you raise your hand high so I can pray for you this morning? God bless you. Tons of hands going up. God bless you guys. God bless you. So Lord, we just lift up just the the lack of patience in our own lives for you. Help us to see the long haul. Help us to see the big picture. Help us to see things through your eyes, Heavenly Father, so that we do not grow impatient with you. We thank you that you don't give up on us. You thank, we thank you that you do not give us what we deserve, which is mercy. We thank you for giving us the things that we haven't earned, which is grace. But most importantly, we thank you for your patience in our lives. Help us to give it back in full and trust you. Continue to pray this morning. If you feel like, man, your life has maybe over the years and you look back five years or 10 years and uh, you're like, wow, I, I feel like I'm stuck doing the same thing. Nothing's changing. I got anger. I'm impatient. I, I need something different. If you'd like, I'd like to lead you through a prayer where you can give your heart to Jesus, where you can surrender your life to him so that he can do a work in you and change you into the best version of you. Some of you have done that a long time ago, and, and, but maybe you've gotten off track, and what you're hoping in your, your heart this morning is that you could make it right with God, that you could rededicate your life. So if you're in either boat, if you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time and surrender to him or you want to rededicate your life to him, you say this prayer. And if everybody can say it out loud so nobody feels left out, you say these words. You say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross for me, but you rose from the dead. You endured long suffering so that I could be free. Not only did you die, Jesus, but you rose from the dead and you conquered death. 
Jesus, we believe you're Lord. And we want you to be Lord of our life. Come into our hearts. Wash us clean. Make us into a new person. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us this week. The Awakening Church is a church that unchurched people love to attend, where real people can come as they are and connect with others who love God. If you're on Maui, please come join us. If you're not on Maui or you can't attend a service, check us out online at theawakening.org or download our Awakening Church app. You'll find past messages, online Bible studies, scripture, and lots of other cool stuff, including ways where you can help us continue our mission. If this message has blessed you, you can help us increase our reach by giving to The Awakening Church, either on our app or online. Thank you for joining us. Aloha. Aloha.